Homesick. That's Shiana. Hi, it's Shiana. Welcome to Who You Callin' Holistic. Today I am here with a very special guest. I've been following him on Instagram for a while. Some of you may be following him on Instagram. Uh, I'm here today with Jonathan L. Lewis Dent. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. And um, for those who have been listening to the podcast for a while, they already know I've had an astrologer on here before, and she she's great at what she does too. I've had her. Um, she did like a a year ahead kind of reading for me at some point, so that was nice to reference. But since I was following you, I was like, this is a black male astrologer with a wife and child. Like this is a whole unicorn. I have to have a conversation mm. with him at some point. Yeah, no, it's true. It's uh, it's humbling to be able to read people, right? So like, first and foremost, whether you are a tarot reader, whether you are an astrologer, a numerologist, whatever your form of divination, it's always a sacred exchange to be able to hold space, right? And I have noticed in the couple of years that I've been doing astrology work that there's not only a thirst for black folk to be held in that kind of session by another black person, but like there's also an excitement and like fireworks go off and people are like, yo, I had no idea that this can be such a useful tool. Mm -hmm. So I'm still waiting to really be connected to more black men, mm -hmm. if I'm going to be honest. Like, it's needed. I was telling you, yeah, it's needed. Like if I have 10 sessions out of a week, eight of those sessions are with black women, like surprise, surprise, mm -hmm. continuing to hold us down. Right. But I, I believe in the power of speaking intention into existence. So I, I want more black men because I think black men in particular um, obviously are dealing with a lot as we all are. And the, the shoulder and the weight on our shoulders as black men is a particular monkey. Um, and I think that astrology is really helpful in a telling us and teaching us that it's not our fault and that we have it gives a language to liberation. It gives a language to how we can soften and how we can not feel like the softening required of us is emasculating in any way. You know what mm, I mean? I like that. And it's it's interesting that you say like you want more black men um, getting readings and more interested in astrology, but you know mm. the internet will make a joke out of like if he knows his big three already, like leave him alone. He's a slut. Oh well. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's real talk. I, I've seen that rhetoric, and you know, I mean, I get it. On some level, listen, it doesn't. You're gonna find, you know, bad people wherever you are, and by bad people, I just mean people using whatever system to wield power, right? But um, that is not my experience. That's not what I am trying to. That's not how I'm coming at it. With I, with my with my astrological work, I've used it personally to help hold my own suffering, right? So that's what's powerful is I came to astrology not with the intention of being an astrologer. I came to an astrology looking for answers myself, mm -hmm. feeling overwhelmed by the world, mm -hmm. feeling like I was getting crushed by the world and just wanting a little bit of insight. It was literally desperation because it was mm. like, I ain't finding it in the Bible. I ain't finding it in the Buddha, you know, Ganesha, I got the tattoo, but that ain't still helping. Like what, 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 what? Um, and then it wasn't until I sat down with an astrologer um, in New York City and he read my chart in which it was like, oh, you, he knew too much information about 
my cross that I'm bearing, mm -hmm. that we all have. We all have a cross. Mm -hmm. And he knew what mine was. And he gave very specific language to it. So then I think there's something very powerful about being seen. Absolutely. Know, in all, of, all of your complexities. And I think astrology is really, really good at seeing people. You know? Yeah, and I agree. And I often say, because I reference, and I know I've mentioned to you, I do human design things too. And there's a lot of similarities, of course. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the things that I had a client recently that we were discussing her design. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was saying, like, here's some of your strengths and here are some of the places that you might find challenges. And, like, even wording it that way, I like kind of mm -hmm. tiptoe with because then it's like, well, how do I fix that? Or, like, what's wrong with me? And I'm mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. This is how, like, this is how you were designed. Like yes. now you're more aware of it and like there's, and you probably already were aware of it, but now just own that you were designed that way and move with that information. Yes. Yeah. I, I just shared something on my, um, my socials on my Instagram and on my Twitter account. Um, I was reflecting on when I was in grad school a couple of years ago, I had the privilege of working with a psychic therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, for a few years and we did deep work together. And I remember after a really intense session in which I was feeling, I think a little bit confused about fate versus free will and just like, how much say do we actually have? Mm -hmm. um, she looked at me and she said, free will is the universe telling you that you have to stand on one foot and you getting to decide which one. Yeah, mm -hmm. There's a lot in that. And I think to think about it within the astrological context, we all have a birth chart. And within that birth chart, there are certain experiences coded into it that we can't avoid. Right. But what we do have control over is how we meet those choices and the manner with which we meet them. By that, I mean, are you meeting them with your head held high? Are you meeting them with a sense of like, I can do it? bring it on. I got to stand on one foot. I'm going to stand on that foot and I'm going to make it look good. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be, you know, feeling pity? Are you going to be asking why one foot, you know, like we all, those are all decisions that we make and right or wrong. Astrology is helpful in being able to tell you these are the certain crossroads, turning points that you're going to be faced with. And the free will comes in with how do you meet that choice, mm -hmm. you know? And um, back to even our connection with um, how we met through social media things. And we can even talk about my chart and social media things too. Cause I even saw you mention social media things with a post earlier. And I was just like, all of, yeah. look at all of this tying in together. Um, mm -hmm. But you started following me on Instagram after, and I don't remember exactly what transit or shift was happening this year and i feel like it might be something that we even discussed like sharing but there's some transit happening this year and you and you mentioned that this was going to be like a big rise in mystics and um you know people working mm. with spirituality as their career and i was like mm. oh my gosh that's me and you were like looking forward to the progress or like the evolution of your career and i was like okay yeah and then you started following me and i was like look at this coming full circle now and mm. when i reached out to you to invite you on the podcast, your response yeah. was, this is an answered prayer. And I was like, look, look at this. God be knowing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so I remember the posts. I posted about the astro numerology of 2023 mm. because I also, 
I'm an astrologer and I'm also a numerologist. Numerology being a system that um, comes from ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt. It was the Egyptians. Surprise, surprise, they put us on to so much gems and knowledge, but the Egyptians were one of the first, first cultures to really understand that numbers were living esoteric things and there is information to be derived from the sacred um, language of numbers. Yeah, so every year, every time that we celebrate and transition into a new calendar year, we transition into a new universal year. And the way that you calculate that is by taking the digits of the year that we're in and adding them up. Mm -hmm. So 2023, two plus two plus two plus two plus three is seven. So we're in a universal seven year. The seven is by nature introspective, truth seeking. It um, requires there to be an elevation in your spiritual commitment and practice. And it's not that everybody elevates, right? Mm. Let me be very clear. It's not that like we're in a seven year, so like we all Buddhists, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. But those that, are, those that are seeking some sort of spiritual elevation, they will be met with the buoyancy of what the seven year provides. Mm. So that on top of the fact that Saturn, the planet of karma, um, discipline, structure, the fact that Saturn in March of this year has transitioned into Pisces for the next three years, Pisces being intuitive, spiritual, truth-seeking energy, we you combine those two systems and you start getting a very specific um, read on not only this year, but what we're stepping into, which is, yes, can we bring more structure? Can we bring more discipline um, to our spiritual practices, whatever they might be? And I want to say, is that the same placement that um, that I've read about that's also going to bring forward like a bunch of cults happening? Mm, yeah, so a couple of ways to answer that. So Saturn is considered to be one of the malefic planets. That just means that Saturn by nature has a little bit of chaos to it. Mars is the other malefic planet. Mm. So yes, when you think about bringing structure to spirituality, right. You can see how that moves very quickly to the road of like extremist dogma. Yeah, let's bring a lot of discipline. Yeah. Let me tell you like what time to wake up and who you pray into and all of that. So like that's one of the manifestations of one of the darker significations of Saturn and Pisces. Another way to look at that also is there's something in astrology called mundane astrology, which basically speaks to all right, so Saturn has moved into Pisces. What type of effect are we gonna be seeing in the mundane, practical side of life? Right now we're talking more about the ethereal, the spiritual, but on a day in, day out basis, where can we really see that impact? Pisces is a water sign, yeah? And because Saturn is, like I said, one of the malefic energies, there's no coincidence that there's been excessive flooding around the world. Um, and not that there wasn't a lot of flooding prior to Saturn being in Pisces, but there were astrologers that specialize in mundane astrology that were making predictions that we were going to see a lot of like, just more evidence of like water becoming an issue quite literally. So I think about flooding. I think about, you know, I don't know if you saw that story about the orcas. Orcas like pulled up yep. together and were like, protesting yep. essentially y'all need to get sea, it together yeah literally yep. the sea is becoming like inhabitable their fish are like burning alive and we're like losing so much of our sea creatures so that's one of the darker manifestations of saturn and pisces but 
Yeah, that's a long-winded way of me saying I remember that post. No, but I mean, that makes complete sense. And as you were discussing more and more water for this year, I got goosebumps, like the information that came through. And I was like, look, look at this. But it's Mm. interesting because, you know, I relate a lot of these things because I do healing work. So, you know, I I work with a lot of people Mm -hmm. getting through grief and Mm. working through grief and you know, and like Chinese medicine things, or even looking at the body on a holistic level. And I know you even mentioned medical astrology things too, but you know, a Mm. few years ago, the pandemic hit, which was like the start of the age, was that the very start of age of Aquarius? Well, not age of Aquarius, but literally the day that the global lockdown really started to like go into mandate, um, that's when Saturn moved into Aquarius. Okay. Uh, So, yeah. So putting that together, Aquarius is an air sign and it's no surprise that the world, because this was also around the time that like the Amazon rainforest was on fire and they say that the Amazon is the lungs of the world and then COVID hit, which affects the respiratory system. And now look at what's coming around now, like the world is crying, like the respiratory system Mm. was affected and now like the world is emoting. Mm, like the world off. is, oh, and I'm getting goosebumps again. Like the world is grieving what it's processing almost. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, I, I practice something called Ifa. Mm-hmm. Um, Ifa being the spiritual system practiced by the indigenous, the um, Yoruba people of Nigeria, in which we honor our ancestors in the Orisha. And even prior to practicing Ifa, I've always gravitated towards in indigenous spiritual systems. So even before I came to the divina- divination mat in Ifa, I had gone down to Peru and sat in ceremony down there. With and ayahuasca? No. Yeah, I sat yes, it's on the to-do list. Yeah, yeah, I sat with her in four, well, four times over 10 days. And okay. Changed my life, honestly. But indigenous cultures from around the world have long been speaking and kind of trying to get our attention about how upset, hurt, how much pain Mother Earth is in. So I really appreciate the metaphor that you're using about the grieving that Earth is going through. And let me be very clear, Mama Earth will be fine, mm-hmm. right? He has survived mm-hmm. many different um, you know, extinction events, whether mm-hmm. they be ice ages, whether they be you know, meteors coming and like wiping right. out dinosaurs. like. Mother Earth is resilient. She will be here. Who will not necessarily always be here is us. And that's really what the indigenous are trying to teach us is like, don't take for granted um, our our home Mm -hmm. because we might not always be here to enjoy it, quite literally. So I always think about that. Now, I know you got started in Ifa a few years ago, but Mm -hmm. like for me, my Mm. interest in astrology like my mom had cosmopolitan magazines like i was always like let me find capricorn i'm definitely a capricorn (laughs) but what was your start and your interest in astrology Mm. it was a black woman (laughs) um yeah my first partner in high school who i dated for three years first love all that she was huge into astrology what was her sun sign virgo okay okay all right (laughs) <laughs> and uh, at that time, I wasn't really trying to hear it, quite frankly. So, like, I was like, all right, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But, like, she was persistent. Of course. Thank God. And I couldn't deny it. 
after a while, it's like, damn, like, because I'm a Sagittarius son, and she'd be like, she would bring it up in conversation, often in arguments. So that's what really would piss me off, to be honest. She'd be like, that's so Sagittarian of you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But then I started to like read about it, and I was like, damn, I do be saying stuff like that. Like, I, you know, like the, the stereotype of the Sagittarian being the truth speaker, the person that needs freedom above all costs, the person that can be a little bit, um, uh selfish about how they go about getting that freedom she was always kind of poking at that um so she planted the seed and then it just grew kind of naturally and organically um and then it really kind of took deep roots when like i said i um went and got read by an astrologer when i was at a particularly low valley in my life where i was kind of desperate for answers and astrology really held me and it like gave me meaning. It gave me. It gave my suffering context, which I think is really important because mm -hmm. then it's like I, I didn't feel like I was clawing in the dark mm -hmm. mindlessly. Like why am I in so much pain? It was like, oh, my Pluto's on my ascendant. Mm. Okay, it gave me a framework to work with the suffering as as opposed to feeling only like being spited by it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it gave mm -hmm. you like the I like like the blueprint, the the map. Yeah, of like, okay, absolutely. this this is the fuckery afoot. This is how yes. you need to move forward with that information. Yes, it's exactly right. And it, it gave me permission to study myself in a way that I hadn't before. It was like, all right, so what does it mean to have Libra in my 12th house? The 12th house is the house of the unconscious. Libra is the house of, as the sign of relationships. What about relationships are hidden from me or mm. are trapped in my subconscious. So it like, it, and if you follow me or if you end up, if anybody listened to this ends up looking up my work, a lot of the they work will. that I do in astrology is like inquiry based. I call it inquiry based because I ask questions. And a lot of the work that I do with clients is literally just like looking at the chart and not necessarily telling them what I see, but more like I see what it could be. Is it this? Mm, and parking mm -hmm. dialogue in that way so people can really kind of meet me halfway mm -hmm. in the conversation. And it's powerful, you know? Yeah. And I relate to that with what I do with like my healing work even. Because, mm. you know, as I'm assessing the, the trauma that they've experienced or even like um, muscles that have been chronically a certain way for a, an extended period of time, that kind of thing. You know, like yeah. if your shoulders are always up here and I'm like, have you been overwhelmed lately? Or, you know, yeah. like I even look at because tourist people like neck and shoulders, yes. they often have yes. issues going on up here or like thyroid things. So I'm always like, was mm. your voice heard growing up? Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's powerful, right? Like astrology. I'm really starting to get into medical astrology, which Same. is basically studying. Yeah. And I posted about, so we're, I think we talked about this when we were kind of prepping earlier and just kind of catching up. I was telling you that it's interesting that we're speaking so near a new moon in Virgo. Mm -hmm. And what makes this new moon in Virgo so significant is, so Mercury, the planet of communication, is the ruler of Virgo. And it just so happens that Mercury right now is retrograde in mm -hmm. Virgo. So retrogrades being times of introspection, review, some sort of internal process in terms of figuring something out, wherever we have Virgo at in our chart, 
for the last couple of weeks that Mercury's been retrograde there, we've been processing something mm -hmm. and internalizing something and figuring out. And this is true for all of us on an individual level. We all have Virgo in one of the 12 houses. So this retrograde energy is being activated in one particular sector. Add on top of that, the energy of a new moon, which is by nature an initiation. It's a beginning. It's a time to plant new seeds. This is the perfect time to plant new seeds around whatever we've been ruminating over for these past couple of weeks mm -hmm. now that Mercury's been retrograde. And so that's on an individual level. But then what's powerful about astrology is it also that you can give forecasts for the general collective mm -hmm. and public. And Virgo in medical astrology rules the digestive system. It's how we, you know, digest and process our food and the intestines, all of that. Mm -hmm. So in the post that I shared today, um, one of the things that I was talking about was, you know, when people, when we're nearing a new moon in Virgo, it's very common for us to want to like heal the gut and like mm -hmm. start thinking about probiotics mm -hmm. or like start thinking about, huh, do I need this the, the rack of ribs? Like mm -hmm. maybe I need to like, you know, and no slander against ribs, believe that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's often interesting to see what gets activated within the consciousness just based off where the moon mm -hmm. is about to hit. You know, and I posted about it and I started getting all of these replies where people were like, oh my God, I'm detoxing. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. like, the math be math. Yeah. You know and <laughs> even for my, um, the people that follow me, I've been talking about gut health like the last mm -hmm. week and a half. And I'm like, obviously this tracks, but I know for me personally, and I'm cancer rising, so I have to pay attention to gut health stuff too because... Yes. Because yes. I feel like the correlation with like, if you're, if you don't have a strong gut health, how are you supposed to trust your gut? And if you're an intuitive individual, wow. you need to be able to trust yeah. your gut or you're, you're going to be questioning everything, right? But yes. I, um, I was telling people, I was like, you know, cancer people and Virgo placements, like you guys in particular, please like strengthen yeah. your gut because, because yes. of that. Like, and Virgos, Virgos be knowing. But like, oh, yeah. they got the oh, shifty yeah. guts sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody that's an intuitive, that is an energy healer or somebody that's able to not only read energy, but like feel it and perceive it. Clairsentient. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a strong correlation between needing to protect the gut as a way of protecting your intuition, right? Mm. Because all of a sudden, if the gut starts to get um, blocked, and if energy in the body that could be going towards you reading that energy, right? If your body has to expend energy instead on processing things in the gut, then that's of course going to tip the scales. It's going to A, make you feel lethargic. It's going to make you feel even more sensitive to that energy, but you're not gonna be able to transmute it and work through it as well as you could have if you weren't blocked energetically through the gut. So right. yeah, gut health is wealth for sure. And I was thinking earlier, and of course, this goes along with what you were saying about the introspection happening lately. And mm. it crossed my mind because I'm, I'm the youngest in the family, but mm. I'm also a part of one of those families that like we weren't very huggy and touchy-feely growing up. And, mm. um, you know, I've been like I started with massage in 2011, but the energy mm. stuff didn't start till like 2017. But when I started like thinking back on childhood and stuff, I was like, okay, because I used to be the crier in the family. And I was like, I was probably mm. feeling everybody's everything. But then mm. even looking back, because 
when I really started practicing my energy work is when I noticed how a lot of times when I started working on the clients, I could feel what was going on with them on me. And then I was mm. like, how long mm. have I had this ability? Oh, wow. Yeah. So wow. would you say, because I know like you even offer um, readings for children, you know, yeah. like, yeah. and you have a child of your own. Have you looked yeah. at that kind of chart to say, oh, like you're gonna have this ability, like let me know, or not let me know, but because you're gonna have this kind of ability, like this lets me know how to help strengthen it or prepare you for it. Oh yeah, I can give you a perfect example. So my son, Josiah, he is a life path 22. Okay. And all of the, all of the repeating numbers are considered master numbers. Mm -hmm. So he's technically a master 22. That's his life path energy. And the life path is the most important number in your numerology chart. And the, you calculate it by taking the date of your birth, adding those numbers up and reducing it down to a single digit. The only time that you don't reduce it to a single digit is if you land on a karmic number, which are 13, 14, 16, and 19, or a master number, which are 11, 22, 33, et cetera. The master 22 is called the master builder number. It's called that because people with that energy are able to use their hands for incredible things. Mm. Um, and so those are like the engineers a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what's so fascinating is you know, being a numerologist, like my son was here and like, I was in his chart. You know what I'm saying? Right. I made sure. And as I was watching my partner deliver, I was like, what time is he coming? Okay. <laughs> Locking that. Mm -hmm. And I already like knew the date because it was clear that he was going to come on the 16th. But all that is the same. Once I found out that he was a 22, and I know, and I knew that that was going to have implications about this, his hands. I just started, my partner and I just started watching to see like, how is this going to pop off? And sure enough, like he's so tactile. He's already playing instruments. He taught himself how to play the harmonica. Mm -hmm. Just this morning on our morning ritual, which is a stroll, I took him to a basketball court because he likes to walk around it. And there just happened to be a basketball there that had been left. I picked it up. I took a couple of shots. He was loving watching me do that. Tell me why this boy picks this ball up and is like looking up at the hoop and like miming, dribbling. And for, for full context, he's not even one year old, so he shouldn't be walking. Right. Let alone. Well, they do say those COVID ball. babies are different. Yo, yo. Listen, they do listen. say that. Listen, he's a Capricorn rising too. He's a boss. Oh, yes. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a yes. Um, but like, yes, all of that is to say, I am experiencing this with my own child. I have read his chart and it's, I should mention that that's a slippery slope, right? Mm -hmm. Even with my partner, she don't want to know everything. Cause mm -hmm. like there's something to be said about having, leaving some room for surprise. Mm -hmm. I just happen to be of the mindset that like, I don't want no surprises. I want to know. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it to, to be determined if that is the best route to go, but it, it's what I, it's, I was born and this is who I am. But it, it's been fascinating to track with him the different significations in his chart. And and just to clarify, it's not that I offer um, readings for children, although that's an interesting idea. I think I'd have to think about what would be the cutoff age. It's what I, I offer readings to parents Sorry, about yeah. their mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, it's, it's a good, I've had a lot of sessions with parents that want to just learn more about mm -hmm. their children. Love language is like, it's not necessarily like, you have to come when things are wrong or that there's a crisis. It can just be like, I love my child. I want to get to know them even better. And I mm -hmm. think I've had experiences with parents coming out of sessions feeling like 
a affirmed in their experience of what they're enduring with their child, but also feeling like they have more tools about how to meet them and maybe be more compassionate towards them or whatever it might be. See, and that's what my fascination is with it, because even for my friends who have had kids, I'm like, give me the birth time. Like, let me give you some facts about your your newborn. But even like when I think about, you know, childhood for me, and I've seen a post that said something like those who study astrology, study the different uh, personality tests, they they probably had an upbringing where they weren't understood. So like Mm -hmm. now they're seeking these tools so that like they can help others understand about themselves. And I was like, yeah. Does that resonate for you too then? <laughs> yep. That tracks. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, why not? Just tell you. So I, um, I come from a very uh, privileged background. By privileged, I mean I come from freak parents. Okay. Um, father's a doctor, mother's a lawyer, both valedictorians of their class. You know, Are they both, both Virgos or earth signs? No, no, no. My dad is a Gemini. My mom's an Aries. Okay. Um, but why did I bring that up? Oh, right. Because here I am like as an astrologer, right? Like I also have an older brother who practices law. So like, you know, high achieving people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and not that being an astrologer isn't high achieving also, of course it is. Um, but there have been moments in my life where I have felt a bit like a black sheep because I felt very different than them, you know? Um, not only being an astrologer, but I'm, I'm an artist as well. I went to grad school to get my master's in acting from NYU. So I'm still very much a creative. I teach acting at a university. Um, so even my artistic journey has felt very othered mm-hmm. than you know, the more traditional route that my parents and brother have gone down. But the beautiful thing about life kind of coming full circle is my mom actually, that's going to make me cry. Um, my mom actually let me give her a reading um, a year and a half ago. Mm. And it was it was beautiful because A, she let me do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and B, she came out of it and was just like, I see you now. Mm. I see why people are coming to you for this. And thank you for teaching me more about myself. And it was like, you know, everybody, not everybody, but I think a lot of us who have healthy relationships with our parents, we just want to give back mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. We all kind of have that fantasy of like, I want to buy my mom the car or yep. buy my mom the house. But like, what do you do for parents that have the big house, that have mm-hmm. the cars, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you give back? Mm-hmm. So it was a beautiful moment for me to be able to hold my mom in the way that she's held me. Um, so all that, all that to say, I feel less like a black sheep now, but I'm definitely like, you know. No, I'm you're not... definitely still all the way a black sheep. Let let's be clear. Uh, you're you're a professor yeah. that teaches yeah. acting, and you also mm. do astrology and numerology. Like you're you are still very different than yeah the others out here. Usher, Usher. Um, yeah, no, it's, which, it's been a path. What was that? It's just been a beautiful path. Mm-hmm. And mm. I know um, we were discussing you know, well, outside of the men that people are calling sluts for learning their top three. Um, I had a guest on fairly recently and we were just having a conversation and Mm. we were just discussing like the way things are happening in the world right now. There just seems, and I'm in South Carolina where like abortion is still like 
mm. forbidden, right? And it, it very much seems like, yay, there's like this rise in divine feminine. And like, I mm. see it, I see these like women being appointed to, you know, higher roles and getting more responsibilities and more respect in different fields. But then there's also like this, this battle of like the men, like, no, 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 that's too much power. Like, we need to mm. humble them. How can we, how can we bring that back? Mm. Like, what is, what is mm. the energy behind that with the numerology or the astrology? And like, what does that look like for men moving forward? Like, how can they yeah. help balance this disharmony? Yeah, I think there's so much to say. I think the first thing that men have to do is speak and hold ourselves accountable for the destruction that we've caused. Not that men are the only ones being destructive, but damn it, we are leading the brigade, yeah? And from an astrological perspective, one of the parts of the chart that I work with a lot is called Chiron. Mm -hmm. Chiron is an asteroid, a planet, it changes who you talk to, but essentially it's like, a planetoid, which is kind of planet, kind of asteroid. But the reason why I work with Chiron a lot is Chiron shows you where there's an ancestral wound that you're carrying, right? So we all have Chiron somewhere at in our chart, in a, in a specific sign, in a specific house, and it's going to be giving you some insight around the cross that your lineage is carrying. What's powerful about Chiron is it's not only indicative of the pain and the suffering and the, the wounds, but there's also great healing. There's a lot of treasure in your Chiron placement, because if you have, for instance, a practice in which you are honoring your ancestors, if you have a practice in which it's not unusual for you to talk to your grandma who might have transitioned or talk to your great grandfather, right? If you talk to your spirits about Chiron and you ask for their assistance in helping you heal the cross that the lineage is carrying, things start to move quickly. And I, I'm, I'm not speaking about anything I haven't personally gone through and endured. So I often with return clients, it's a lot of the work that we do is like, let's build you an altar. Let's talk about which ancestor might be on the other side that you feel comfortable even having that kind of conversation with. And let's talk a little bit about what your Chiron is implicating might be the cross that you need to discuss. All that is to say, like any planetary body in astrology, there is the position it was in when we were born, and there's also the transiting position where it is currently, right? Chiron for the past few years has been in Aries. Aries is ruled by Mars. Mars represents the divine masculine. It is the inner warrior. It is the, um, the aggressor, yeah? And Chiron and Aries, there are a lot of astrologers that have been speaking to this. Basically, Chiron and Aries is indicative of the crisis that is happening right now with masculinity. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why, to first answer your question, I said that there need to be some honest conversations that men have mm -hmm. about that crisis. And I think it starts there. Like, I, that's always kind of like my measuring stick with men, to be quite frank. If like, if you can't admit that there is a crisis within masculinity, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. Because I think anybody that is being objective about what is transpiring, and to any man listening to this, let me be very clear. I'm not saying that all of the world's problems are falling at the feet of men, but I am saying that a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that's true, 
I mean, I have you been paying attention? Right. Respectfully. Right. Respectfully. So I think Chiron's movement through Aries is um, a lot of it, quite frankly. And there are astrologers that have talked about, because Chiron, I mean, Aries literally represents the warrior. So I, it makes me think about guns mm -hmm. and the way that weaponry is used, particularly in this country. How ridiculous is it that we have not banned assault rifles? Right. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. It's just like, I get it. People want their guns. They're scared about the government coming in. I, I, I understand those fears. But damn it, do you need an M16? Right, right. You need an AR-15? For right. real? Like, who are you? Who are you fighting? I guarantee you that if the if the U.S. government wanted to come for you, that little AR-15 ain't gonna help, bro. Right, right. It ain't gonna help. It ain't gonna help. Right. Like, respectfully. So all of that is to say, I think there is a crisis in masculinity that's happening right now, and because of that scale kind of being tipped in a certain direction, coinc coinciding with it is a rise in divine femininity. It's something that we talked about earlier on the phone is when you look at some of the most powerful and successful cultures that have existed in history, they've been matriarchs, you know? And I'm not about, to, I'm not trying to get into a binary women versus men. It's not that. It's going to be, if we don't figure this out, it's going to be a collective um, effort. But I do think the same way racism has to be a white conversation. It is not, it cannot fall on black folks to be the educators of white folks. Like, certainly we can take part in that conversation, but it should be after y'all have done work. Right. Period. Right. Same with, same with toxic masculinity, patriarchy, all that. It falls on us first, period. And I would love to talk to any man that disagrees because like maybe I haven't heard something that will change my mind. Maybe you will be the one, but I feel very strongly about that. Mm -hmm. And I would go toe to toe with anybody that disagrees because I don't think I'm wrong, quite frankly. Oh. <laughs> how, how very Sagittarian and, of you. Uh, well, exactly, exactly, right? So like, <laughs> yes, astrology never lies. Like it is what it is. That sounds like some shit Shiana says. My mom, she's a Gemini, by the way, and um, I know you looked at my chart, and uh, my Chiron's in Gemini. <laughs> my Chiron's in Gemini too. Okay, and this, I feel like, and I, I shared this before on my podcast because I was like, it's interesting that I've had this, um, and you, you even referenced something like this when we spoke the other day. It's like I know mm. I'm supposed to talk about things, but there's always been this like. <sighs> uh, yeah. And even you mentioned, you know, you've been kind of hidden. But you're like, uh, and it's it's like this is the yeah. work that we're supposed to be doing to move things yes. forward. Yeah, because Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Mm -hmm. So whenever you're looking at Chiron, you always not only want to look at the sign that Chiron is in and the house position, but you also want to look at the ruling planet of that sign in its house position, right? So to give you an example, my Chiron is in Gemini in the eighth house that has a whole lot of significations that we could talk about. But what I'm most interested in sharing right now is because Mercury rules Gemini, I happen to have Mercury in the first house of the body, of the physical gaze, what it means to be looked at. Mm. So part of my wound that I am carrying is in my hyperfixation on how people are receiving me. Mm. <laughs> Which is why like you go to my Instagram page, like you ain't gonna see my face yep, very often. Not yet. Not yet. Nice. Ashe. Mm -hmm. Ashe. We're working on that. Not yet. 
That's, I mean, that's why I'm here right now. We're working now. on that, yes. This is like one of the it. first pods I've done, and it feels good. Oh, yay. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember where my Chiron is in my house to know what mm. I don't remember. I don't I mean, I got your chart. Yes, I mean, that, I that would be helpful. That would okay, be helpful. Well, um, I have Doja's chart, Doja Cat's chart. Uh, well, go, right we now. can, we can, well, Chiron first, and then we'll dig into Doja because we need to talk about Doja. I know she has an yeah. album coming out later this yeah. month, and um, yeah. and she just performed at the VMAs and was mm -hmm. like, I need, I need to know more information about her because there's something so, happening. So just to give, this is, you know, insight into how I work, quite frankly, because especially around Chiron, Chiron is like your holy ground, not just your holy ground, but it's like the ancestral holy ground, mm -hmm. right? It's where you and your people have felt a little thwarted, but where there's also, like I said earlier, room for immense healing. So before I know, I just want to know that I have your permission to like yeah. speak on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why you're you here. Have Chiron, you have Chiron and Gemini and you have Gemini in the 12th house. The 12th house is the house of self-sabotage. It is the house of mental illness. When people have Chiron in the 12th house, I get curious about if there has been some sort of cross within your lineage around people feeling like the mind can be a bit of a prison. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's, and if that resonates, and if there are ancestors that have transitioned that you feel comfortable speaking to, what you can do is start initiating conversations in which you're asking them and giving them permission to use you as the ancestor embodied right now to relieve and transmute and release that energy. Interesting. That and as you're saying yeah. that, um, I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast before, but whenever I was attuned to Reiki, my Reiki teacher who knows all the things like she outside of Reiki, she, she knows a lot about a lot and, um, mm. much respect to her. And she told me, because of course, like, so I don't know if you know this part, but I'm biracial. My mom is very mm. British and my dad was like born in South Carolina, but raised in New York. So whenever I started doing Reiki things, cause even in the South Carolina part of my family, it was like low country, which, you know, slave things, mm. all, all kinds of history there. And then um, whenever I learned Reiki, my mom was like, you got that from your father's side, you know, cause the low country, things and and I was like mm. actually mm. actually my teacher said this came from your side and mm. I found mm. out I want to say it was just earlier this year mm. one of my cousins in England on my mother's side was doing mm. some sort of like ancestry or heritage something research and found my great grandmother's surname because mm. mm. that that side of the family's Irish was mm. Shahan. So it was the name was spelled S H E A H A N. So just like the last two letters of the like there was just some switcheroos with the letters of my name that I currently have. And I was like so yeah, like as you're saying that I'm like yeah, like that's what my I guess my great grandmother that's like I don't know what her life was like but my favorite thing to ask people and thank you for all of that. That's can only imagine what that was like to mm -hmm. get that surname and just mm -hmm. ancestor work is powerful. Mm -hmm. Like it's, but I'm, when people have Chiron in the twelfth house, it doesn't always hit. But I'm curious because the twelfth house is the house of 
things that you can't see. Mm-hmm. It's the invisible. Some, sometimes that can manifest with people as children being afraid of the dark. Mm-hmm. What was your relationship yep. with darkness with yep. a child? Absolutely. And we had a um, we had a cat and sometimes the cat would get under the bed. And, you know, like if yeah. you get off the bed, it would just like swipe. So like, yes, I was like, if I had. Extra, if I, extra spooky around yes, the dark. Yes, because you're going to get attacked by something under the bed. So, yeah, I was scared of the dark. Right. I mean, and of course, anybody listening to this, like it's not unusual for children to be scared of right. the dark. But what's interesting about people with Chiron in the 12th house is a, that fear can like be quite extreme. I'm talking mm. like, I've talked to some adults that still see with some nightlights. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, no, we're not there anymore. Extreme. <laughs> I say, happy to hear it. Um, but again, it's just an interesting thing within the inquiry work that I do to kind of ask, what is your relationship? Because like, you know, that fear of the dark that might not be living within you physically now or so viscerally as when you were a child, but it does make me curious about what is the version of that now? The version of that now is like dark, um, which, and I know we said we're going to talk about Doja Cat things, but like dark energy things or like, you know, feeling fear about um, mm. getting, not getting cursed. Cause I know the way my chart's set up, I'm also protected from some other things with that too. Um, but mm. yeah, fear of, um, like I have a lot of friends who or not. Let me, let me not say I have a lot of friends. I know a lot of people who, mm. you know, they can work more with the dark energies and stuff. And I'm like, I don't fuck with that. Like mm. that's, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel you. I get it. I mean, yeah, I, that would make sense because the 12th house is a dark house, mm-hmm. quite frankly. And not by dark, I don't mean necessarily like scary, but I just mean like it's literally the house of things that you can't see, mm-hmm. like darkness. Mm-hmm. So when Chiron is there, it would make sense that like, you know, you want to be confident about them spirits coming through, having your best interest. In Absolutely. Your you know what I'm saying? So like, I, I hear you. I, I need. It. I need to know who I'm talking. Who I'm working with. I need to know who I'm working with. <laughs> well, I hear you. <laughs> yep. So, um, speaking of dark energies, let's get into yeah. some Doja Cat things because get into a little Doja. Yeah, yeah and I know, like, there's been, um, you know, people being in an uproar about certain celebrities uh, talking about certain topics. Like, this is nothing new. Even people going to the Renaissance concert. People are like, oh my God, why are you worshiping Beyonce? She's a Satan worshiper too. And I'm like, y'all, just chill. But whenever I saw Doja Cat's recent thing, of course, people reached out to me, like, how do you feel about, you know, what she's doing? And I was like, eh, like some of it I feel like is for show. But then I was also like, but I also want to know about that chart. Cause like, there might be some other things that I'd, I, I want to learn about that because some, mm. something's, eh, something's, mm. I'm interested in something about that story. So what's going yeah. on with her? Like, mm-hmm. is this demonic yeah. thing going to be like her new identity for forever? Or is this like a, let me get mm-hmm. some attention with it. Well, she just had her song attention because then she yeah. also speaks on like, you can't cancel her because she had, she saw it in the future or I don't remember the lyrics, but like, well, I mean, so it's, it's, it's all in the chart. So she's a Libra rising, mm-hmm. right? I always start every reading that I do astrologically with the rising sign because whatever planet rules your rising sign is the ruler of your chart. That just means it's the most important planet to break down first. It's your signature energy. So she's a Libra rising. So Venus being the ruler of Libra, she's ruled by Venus. And that makes a lot of sense. Venus is the artist 
divine feminine goddess, sensuality, all of that, right? But what's interesting about Doja's Venus is she's got a Venus in Scorpio. Mm. So off rip, the most important planet in her chart is in Scorpio. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about Scorpio energy, and I'm saying this as somebody that has three planets in Scorpio, it's dark. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it can be a little brooding. It can be a little bit intense. Mm -hmm. And I was falling down. I don't really um, listen to Doja's music like that. Not, just, not that I don't think she's talented, but she's just not really in my orbit. Mm -hmm. But I do recognize the talent. And I did start paying attention on Twitter when those videos that she was posting were going viral in which she was basically like, I don't give a fuck who y'all are. The thing about her is, so she's ruled by Venus and Scorpio, and she's got it in the second house of money. Mm. So whichever house your chart ruler falls in will show you where there's a primary focus. Mm -hmm. So that Scorpio passion and intensity is in her second house of money and material possessions. Mm. So when Doja was kind of looking in the camera like, y'all can't cancel me, she's saying that because she's rich. And she don't feel like there's nothing anybody can do that's going to turn that money faucet off. Now, that remains to be seen, if that's true, because, like, with somebody like a Kanye, we have seen that, like, you can go too far mm -hmm. and it will mess up the mm -hmm. bag. So it's worth saying that. But so she's ruled by Scorpio, a Scorpio planet. So that is already, I think, interesting, right? It's also interesting to me that she's in her Saturn return right now. So in astrology, we use the word return to say that's when a planet returns back into the sign that it was in when you were born. Yeah. So to be even more specific, your solar return happens when the sun gets back into exact alignment with where your sun is in your birth chart. That's the solar return. The Saturn return happens when Saturn returns into the sign that it was in when you were born. So we were talking earlier about Saturn and Pisces. Mm -hmm. And I should have said then that Saturn went into Pisces March 7th of this year. So anybody that has Saturn in Pisces in their natal chart, your Saturn return started on March 7th. It's right. going to last for three years. And the Saturn return by nature is difficult because, mm -hmm. like I said earlier, Saturn and Mars are the two malefic planets. So Saturn return can often feel like my, the metaphor that I use is if you have like a superwoman cape or a superman cape, it's like the universe is like stepping on the cape, preventing you from flying. Mm, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm trying to break free. And there's some sort of outside force that's saying, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. No, you're not. And while you're in it, it can feel like, yo, what's going on? I'm being stifled at every corner. And you want to give up. Mm -hmm. But what happens when the Saturn return ends is when that foot comes off, all the muscles that you built trying to push up in that resistance, you built so like you go. Mm -hmm. Now I should say, because I just posted about this on my Twitter, that it's not the experience for everybody that once the Saturn, it's not like your Saturn returns ends and it's like, now we live. Right, no, right, no, 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 no. <laughs> so you've, been, you've been in battle for three years and it takes different beings, different bodies, different experiences, a longer recovery time to take flight. But the flight will happen. It will come when it's ready to. So all of that is to say Doja's in her Saturn return. She's got Saturn in the sixth house of work and job. Mm. So the second her Saturn return, because she's got it in the sixth house, the second her Saturn return started, it initiated a three-year process in which part of the way that she's going to feel like she's being restricted 
is in her job. Mm. So like part of what's going on with her is like she got all this money. She feels probably good about it, but I'm sure there's probably some boredom here. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of like, damn, like, I don't want to do this forever. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to live a life that I have to worry about what these internet trolls are going to be saying. Not to say that everybody that was coming at her was a troll, because I do think that there were fans that were justified in having complaints about, because if I'm not, if I'm being, if I'm remembering correctly, it was like people had beef with her. Mm -hmm. boo, And like, I don't know much about that, but from what I have gleaned looking at stories, like they are justified in that. So I don't want to like disparage anybody that's going against her, but like, you know what it's like to be up. Like, you can only imagine what it's like to be on that level. Of course, you're entertaining some level of trollery, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. All of that is to say Doja right now is in her Saturn return and one of the like, um, more traditional by traditional i mean ancient astrological significations of the sixth house is it's associated with open enemies mm. open enemies meaning like people that are going to stab you not in the back mm -hmm. but like right in the front so like doja's like coming up against some like people that are like openly spitting some animosity right. about her and because again she's ruled by a planet that's in scorpio she gonna bite back yeah and clap back have a little bite to it yeah. you know what i'm saying so yeah a little scorpion stinger that yeah, tracks. Real thing. Okay. yeah i'll be curious to see like what that looks or like we need to revisit this in what three years to see what yeah. shifted by then mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'll have to like put yeah. it in my calendar or something um yeah. and for the black men coming your way because you know we are manifesting these things on a mercury day in virgo new moon energy things um yes. apparently you don't need like the exact birth time mm -mm. okay no because that's don't. a question i, I mean, get a lot the closer you have to like being able to give a window is better so even if that window is i don't know what time i was born but i know i was born during the day mm -hmm. i don't know what time i was born but i know it was during the night even that is helpful but the the more narrow that window can be like it's within these three couple these three hours these two hours the more narrow the more accurate but there are tools that i've been taught by my mentors in which like i can give people a reading that have no idea what time they were born but they know exactly what day they were born you can get a lot of information because i can at least that's what's that's what's good about numerology is like numerology is based off of your date of birth mm -hmm. period mm -hmm. and the letters in your name so like we can use that system and then we can also the techniques to be used to like do rectification which is like helping zero in on when you were born okay. it's just a little bit more work but it should not be something that deters people if you don't know what time you were born don't let that be the reason why you didn't give astrology a chance there's still lots of tea to be served you know mm -hmm. what I mean? and i've even been yeah. sharing with some people recently you know like even the day of the week that you were born on uh yeah. blends in with your personality and of course i was born on a monday i'm ruled by mm. cancer i was like all of this yeah. makes sense like i'm like the very definition of a moon child because you're bringing it up um yes i was born on a venus day but if you looked if you looked up my date of birth which is december 6 1986 you'd actually see that i was born on a saturday which is saturn's day mm -hmm. the reason why it was venus's day still is that day that next planetary day does not begin until the sun rises. Mm. Well, there are some cases 
of people that were born on a Tuesday, which is technically Mars Day. Mm -hmm. But if you were born on a Tuesday at like three o'clock in the morning, gotcha. you are a moon baby. That makes I sense. Should. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. definitely makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I know I've even said, like, as I'm building my empire, it'd be great for me to, like, hire by people's charts. You know, like, let me let me figure out this person's Mercury. Let me see their, like, whatever. Do you have, I know there's, like, the find out your top three, your big three or whatever. Do you have, like, three of your favorite go-tos that you love observing in people's charts to understand who they are as a person? Mm. Just to make sure I'm understanding what you're asking. You're saying, do what? what are my favorite three placements to look at yes. to read somebody's energy? Yeah. So always, um, which planet rules your ascendant and where is it located? So for Doja, again, she's a Libra rising. Venus rules Libra. So where is Venus? That's going to tell us everything. So I'm always looking to the ascendant ruler. I'm always, because I am somebody that has a strong affinity for the moon, I'm always curious where people have moons. Mm. You know, what sign is it in? What house is it in? Because the moon represents our emotional life. So wherever you have your moon at in your chart is often where there is a lot of emotional stability and a lot of emotional support that you can glean and gather. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at moon. And because I'm somebody that does a lot of ancestor work, I'm in always interested in Chiron mm -hmm. because that tells me so much about not only what you might be enduring in this life, but it gives me some context about what the descendants, what, who your lineage folk, what they have endured as well. And it gives me the ability to kind of zoom out on your chart and kind of see, you know, the lives that existed before you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. so speaking of moons, what does it mean? And I've had a lot of people recently that seem to have this scenario. What can mm -hmm. you tell about a person who has the their sun and moon in the same sign? So... Beautiful question. When that's new moon energy, right? So if you think about every month, we have new moons from an astronomical perspective, that happens when the moon and the sun get very close together, right? Um, and by close, I mean, they are in the same um, sign um, in the sky. And when that alignment happens, the moon is born again right so every time that the sun and the moon come together in the same sign and the closer they get that's when the moon becomes like exactly new so for instance tomorrow night at 9 40 p.m eastern when we have this new moon in virgo we're having that new moon because the sun is going to be at 21 degrees of virgo and the moon is also going to be at 21 degrees of virgo so when they are literally sitting on top of each other the moon is born again right so People that have the same sign as their moon and sun means that there's the energy of a new moon in your chart. And depending on how close that orb is, by orb I mean how close those degrees are to each other, then we get closer and closer to a new moon. But even if they're far apart, let's say you have a sun at zero degrees of Virgo and your moon is at 29 degrees of Virgo, they're still in the same sign. So cooked into your chart is the energy of something beginning, mm -hmm. some sort of newness. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I feel like those are the ones that they're likely going to be like, I don't want to say like ahead of the game in some fashion, mm -hmm. but yeah, like, mm -hmm. cause they're like, they're looking for what's new or what's, what's mm -hmm. the hot juicy topic in the moment kind of thing. Yeah. I could see that. Potentially. I mean, I think sometimes, 
I talk to I talk to a few people that are come in to my sessions being skeptical, mm-hmm. and they're my, some of my favorites to talk to because I love when people are honest about like, yeah, I mean, I want to believe, but I don't know if this shit is real. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the thing that can deter people from believing in astrology or divination systems in general is when there can be too many general generalizations, right? By that, I mean, it's a potential, it's a possibility that somebody that was born with their moon and sun in the same sign, that they are ahead of the game, that there's a, a certain amount of like being able to see what's new and what's coming. That's true. That could be. But I just I'm always careful about making strong declarations because there's always going to be that person out there that's like my sun and moon in the same sign. I don't feel like I'm ahead of nothing. That's fair. And like, that's fair. You know, what I'm saying? and that's because of like all of the other planets mm-hmm. are in conversation with your sun and moon. So who knows how they might be influencing. You might have a sun Mars square that's like preventing you from really seeing the forest. But so all that is to say, I agree in principle that what you're saying, but just to be clear that they're always going to be exceptions to the rule. You know what I mean? That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, now, earlier today, I saw some more news about aliens and Ooh, so yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, we had oh. announcements earlier in the year about aliens yeah. and it really just seems like everybody's kind of like, yeah, duh. like nobody's excited. It's just kind of like, yeah, like we told you, like, what mm. does the astro numerology say about this alien life that we are now like, okay, yeah, it's a real thing. Like, what's that yeah, look well, like in the, or in the next year or a few years, whatever. It's, it's going to be a couple of decades. <laughs> There are a lot of astrologers that have been talking about this. Pluto is um, one of the far distant planets. It's Pluto, it's Uranus, it's Neptune. They are kind of the far reaching planets that really have, even though they're far away, they have profound impact on our consciousness and our experiences. Pluto represents transformation and regeneration and also death. Pluto is the lord of the underworld. So Pluto has an energy of like kind of burning things away and purging what needs to be purged so something new can replace it that's healthier. All that is to say Pluto dipped its toe into Aquarius earlier this year for the first couple of months. It moved in on, I think, March 21st. It moved into Aquarius and then it will stay there until June 11th, I believe. And then it retrograded back into Capricorn. But come next year, early 2024, Pluto's going to start transitioning and staying put in Aquarius for the next 20 years. Mm. And Aquarius represents communication. It represents community. It represents how we share information as community. So you better believe, like, literally, I'm happy you brought it up because I was showing my partner this morning. I was like, look at these photos. Mm -hmm. If y'all have not out there, if y'all have not looked at this, Go to Twitter, not even Twitter, go to Google mm-hmm. and just type in Mexican con- congressional hearing alien photos. Yep. And literally in, in uh, an official government meeting, there were slides shown in that meeting in which government officials from Mexico were saying, these are photos that we have of alien life. Mm-hmm. And listen, polarizing subject. I know there are people out there that are going to be like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I tend to believe like, when in doubt, it's probably real. Yeah. You know what I'm like, I think it's I think it's very narcissistic to think that we are the only beings that exists. We can't fathom. 
we cannot fathom how big this universe is. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually incomprehensible for us. Yeah. Like, it, like, like reaching towards infinity, right? You mean to tell me that Earth is the only place that exists that has human life or intelligent life? And then I, the pushback is, well, okay, maybe there might be life on other planets, but like, why do we have to think that they're visiting this planet? Like, why they might just be like microorganisms, on you know? Planet. Like plants. Yeah, I, I, I get yeah. it. But like, uh, yeah. um, if, if you have been paying attention to what has been happening, even our government here in the U.S. has slowly but surely mm -hmm. been releasing mm -hmm. more and more. They're getting footage. us ready. They, they, listen, and I can understand. I really do have compassion mm -hmm. for world governments because I I do think that if there was some sort of like, as much as people say like, oh, who cares? We've been known that. I, I, if Joe Biden tomorrow had a, you know, presidential address and he sat in from the Oval Office and was like, we've known that they've existed. This is how long this is what's happening. If we started to be clued in on not only the existence of aliens, but like how they have been interacting potentially with us without us knowing it. Nah. Yeah. There would, there would be hysteria. Absolutely. There would be people. There would be people like, I ain't going to work student loans. Absolutely. Because we already what? got that. So, like, I think it's been a way to kind of keep the herd, you know, mm -hmm. civil mm -hmm. and like shuffling us around. Because all of a sudden, if we the people decided tomorrow, like, fuck that, like, we ain't doing no, like, everything would fall apart. And governments know that, and they don't want us to have that kind of unified reaction mm -hmm. so they keep us in the dark mm -hmm. but if you've been paying attention there's some things going on mm -hmm. about you. <laughs> you yeah know? i'm yeah it's just the fact that one of my friends was even like you know if this happened like in the 90s we, we probably mm -hmm. wouldn't have had school the next day or something like it would have been a thing but it's kind of like yeah like we know like it's about time y'all yeah. said something yeah well it's true right well that's a whole nother conversation but i do think that social media has kind of like it's easy to just kind of scroll by like mm -hmm. huge news it's mm -hmm. like oh wow that how many people died in that tsunami crazy yeah look at that yeah there's a little bit of a truncating that's happening to our attention spans i do think though like seriously if there was some sort of formal announcement in which the US and other governments from around the world copped to the experiences that have been happening that they've been keeping under wraps. I have to believe, I have to believe that that would have some sort of like reverberation that was not easy to just scroll by. Right. But maybe I'm giving us too much credit. I don't know. But right. I think I think we'd be up in arms. I hope so. I mean, I was that kid before I was even into astrology, that kid that I was talking about with my partner in high school, the Sagittarian getting called out. I've been on YouTube typing like UFO sites. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I've just, that's just who I am. Yep, that's a little same. bit of my weirdness. But like I just I think it's fascinating. Like mm -hmm. what? Like my whole thing is like, where are they going back to? Right? So it's like often people kind of stop at like, oh my God, they're visiting here. That's crazy. But it's like for Where's me, home? the yes, the bigger implication is like where are they going back to? And what does that spot look like? Mm -hmm. And from an astrological perspective, what does Earth represent in their system if they have a system right. like astrology? Like, those are the rabbit holes that I fall down. Right.
I'm it's now I'm just letting you know, it's giving you insight into the nerd that I am, but it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Mm. Um, and I talk about aliens and stuff on here. Like this is, this is not, mm. we, we discuss the aliens cause we got, we can't be the only ones here. I need to be tuning in. Clearly mm -hmm. I've been sleeping. Mm -hmm. I've been sleeping. You're here now. I, I woke up. I'm here. You're here now. So, and speaking of my podcast, what mm. does this look like for me based on my chart? Um, well, mm. first, like my podcast and my astro or not astro numerology. Yeah. Astro numerology um, mm. for not just the podcast, but when we spoke the other day, you even said next year, there's some other yeah. things happening in my chart. And I was like, oh, this is this is right on time. Because mm. you're, you're on the precipice of a 38th birthday, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a technique that we use in astrology called annual perfection year. Basically, every time that you celebrate a new birthday, you activate one of the 12 houses in your birth chart. And whatever that house represents, those areas of your life are activated for that year. It just so happens that the 38th year is a third house year. And the third house represents communication. That's written communication, spoken communication, nonverbal communication. That gets into the more spiritual download realm. But for somebody that has a podcast <laughs> that is already utilizing the throat and putting your message out into the world, a third house activation is just going to like give you even more permission to share that voice. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you, if we were like having a session, the work that you're going to want to be doing around prayer, the work that you're going to want to be doing about making sure that you're not speaking any negativity into existence because your words, your literal words are going to take on a little bit more charge when you're 38. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also it's worth mentioning that the third house is the house of siblings. Mm -hmm. So when people are in third house years, conversations with siblings, with siblings can be incredibly transformative. I can for whatever see that. That's worth, you know? I can see yeah. that. And then, um, so you might, you might want to have a sibling on your podcast, mm -hmm. two birds, one stone. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yes, sir. I'm picking I up what you. you're putting down. And then you even mm -hmm. mentioned, and I thought this was hilarious because I had already started writing some sort of, I'm already working on book things. And you oh, looked yeah, at my chart and you were like, oh, something, something mm -hmm. publishing. And I was like, wait, what? Go back, rewind. Yeah. So the Midheaven, sometimes it's called the MC is the highest point in your chart. It deals with where you are most publicly visible. It's associated with your career, public notoriety, what people know you for with your work. Typically, the midheaven is in the 10th house. That's why the 10th house is associated with career. But every now and again, I look at a chart like yours in which the midheaven has floated into a different house. And when that happens, your career takes on the characteristics and significations of the house that it's in. So you have a midheaven in the ninth house. The ninth house is the house of foreign culture and foreign affairs, long distance travel. Um, so that's why we were talking about like hosting retreats around the world mm -hmm. would be a bag for you. Also the ninth house is the house of higher education. So when people have a midheaven in the ninth house, being a professor and teaching at the university level or being involved in university. Maybe you want to be bringing your podcast to university audiences. Mm -hmm. It maybe it's that kind of thing. Also, the ninth house is the house of publishing. So when people have their midheaven in the ninth house, my favorite thing to ask is, do you have a book inside of you? What is there something that you want to birth? Right. And I ask you that and I can, like feel you light up on the phone. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I often tell people like, um, 
you know, I should probably have a shirt at this point, but like people know me for telling them, write that shit down. Like the things you want to mm. manifest, write it down. Mm -hmm. No matter what it looks like, no matter like your belief in how it's going to come to you, but write that shit down. And yeah. so then I was like, oh, this tracks with me publishing things or like getting my voice out mm -hmm. or the communication, like all of this full circle. Mm -hmm. The math is always going mad. Mm -hmm. So did. what mm -hmm. is the math for next year? What is, what is the year, mm -hmm. the universal year number? What is, what can mm -hmm. we expect mm -hmm. for yeah. 2024? 2024, um, two plus two plus four is eight. The eight is the vibration of power mm. and authority. Um, it's called, I like to call the eight in numerology, the, the CEO. It has CEO energy. It's the energy of somebody that wants to sit at the head of a table. So when in a universal eight year, what does it mean to step back into your power? What, is it, what does it mean for you to examine the ways that you have given your power away? And what does it mean to reclaim it in some way? Yeah. So yeah, on a very basic level, the eight year is giving us an invitation to step into our power. I should be clear though, right use of power. And that's a whole other rabbit mm -hmm. hole, but you know, there are, you know, I've never looked at his numerology chart. I would not be surprised if Donald Trump, Donald Trump has eight energy in his chart. I can see that. Because there is something very confident about the eight. Very, I will step over you and not care if I step on your forehead. I will do it by any means necessary. That's not the kind of power. That's not true power. That's not gotcha. right power. Um, I'm talking about a power that not only empowers yourself, but how can you empower those around you? That's real power, mm -hmm. Ashe. So the eight energy that we're stepping into is giving us permission to reclaim our sense of autonomy, our sense of inner authority. What does it mean to sit at the head of our own table and to be, um, and you know, it's nuanced, right? Because they're gonna be those listening to this right now that don't feel powerful at all, mm -hmm. whether that's at work, whether that's at, um, in your relationships, maybe you feel isolated and weak because of it, whatever it might be. So I'm not so um, naive to think that like, we're going to shift into this year and all of a sudden we all going to be like, huh, but the same way the seven year gave us an invitation to get more structure with our spirituality, the eight, is, the eight year is inviting us all to step more fully into what it means for us to be powerful. So regardless of whoever might be listening to this, whether you feel powerful or not, to somebody that might not feel powerful, I would challenge you to ask, how can you shift that? By that I mean, where do you feel powerful? When was the last time you felt powerful? If you've never felt powerful, what is the situation, a movie, who's a person that you look up to that feels powerful? There has to be some sort of connection that you make to power you have to first see it you have to connect to it and then you have to give yourself permission to start inviting that energy into your life that's what the eight year is about i'm here for it i'm here for that kind of energy um, also the eight is the vibration of wealth so mm, there's that so also here for that when there is when we are in eight years the baggie is here should you want it you know, you know, we live in a capitalist society. Most of us want it. And again, right? I'm not saying that eight year we're all just student student debt going to be out the window. It's like nah. But there is an opportunity for those that have the hunger for it 
to attract more money in your life. Ashe. Heard. Mm -hmm. um, what can we look forward to from you? Because um, mm. clearly you know a lot about a lot that you need to share or you yeah. are sharing, but yeah, what you got working yeah, on over no. there? So always doing sessions. Uh, my website is Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-L, Dent, D-E-N-T. So I'm always doing one-on-one -on -one work with clients. I'm in the process now because I'm a professor and I'm learning how to build syllabi and curriculums. I'm in the process of creating an astro numerology course that I'm going to offer to the collective. Um, that's still in process, so not here yet, but I'm hoping to be able to launch that in the new year. I wanna do it right. So I'm kind of going through the process of like, God, if I have to teach somebody from ground zero, what mm -hmm. has knows nothing about astrology, like you gotta do that right and it's diligent. So I'm in the process of creating that curriculum, which I'm excited about. And I tried Patreon, but like, that's not my vibe. Mm -hmm. And maybe that was just, not, it wasn't the right time. But if you like, I give a lot of free content out on mm -hmm. my, my page, you know, every new moon, every full moon, the day before, usually I am not only talking about what that energy is representing, but I'm literally telling you where it is in your chart based off of your rising sign. And I put a chart wheel in my post so that you can look up where this Virgo new moon is. Oh, it's in my fourth house. Oh, that's the house of home. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's talking about needing to clean. So I guess I should be cleaning the home. Mm -hmm. like, so like, there are gems being given out for free. So you know what I'm saying? Don't You should tap in with me. It's the same username on IG and Twitter, Jonathan L. Dent. And I'll have it all in the show notes too. But don't sleep on Patreon. Shout out to um, my patrons, by the way. Feel free to subscribe to me on there. Because even if it's just a little you know, a little razzle dazzle of some support. Like people are out there that want to support you. So yeah, real talk. That's real. That's and um, the question Thank I like, to, you're welcome. The question <laughs> I do like to ask all my guests is um, mm. what is your medicine? Like what makes your soul feel good? Like how do you feed your soul? What's your medicine? Mm. Prayer. So my grandmother was my earth angel, Barbara Jean. Uh, <laughs> she lived in my household growing up. We would we had a ritual of going to see a movie at least once a, once a week, and we often go to dinner afterwards. So we had these dinner movie dates as grandson, grandma. Um, she's on. She was the first ancestor on my altar, and we have a ritual still of at least once a month. I will put on one of her favorite Denzel flicks, and I will sit at my altar with some food, usually some wings. <laughs> play some wings on my altar for them and we gonna sit and watch that movie and yeah that's that's my medicine i don't think i need to say anything else than that i'm here for it i can't put wings on my altar because my dog will eat them but i'm glad you can <laughs> i mean don't sleep on the power of putting it in like little tupperware you right you right you right you right yeah. look at me with my yeah. limiting beliefs i mean hey we all have them that's why the teacher shows up and the person that can like Blow the mind real mm -hmm. quick. Because, I mean, that's a real thing. Like, that comes up a lot. A lot of people feel like, I can't put no food on my altar. My kid going to get it. It's like, you better put that in some Tupperware and go about your business. Right, <laughs> you right. I got to see what that looks like. Because I do have a poodle. So he's he can get creative. Uh, yeah. No, but I got to see what that looks like. Listen, I got a soon-to-be one-year-old. And he'd be like, yep. he's just, he wasn't really messing with our altars. But now he's starting to, like, see us sitting at them. And he's, like, coming over. And, and he needs to use his hands. Food. 
Yeah. Well, what, oh, look at, yeah, you pay, you paid attention, huh? I, I do that. You. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for joining me today. Like this has been a pleasant experience and refreshing because I do firmly believe, I think it's 19 Keys that mentioned this. And I'm mm. sure it's been said before, but there's certain people here that are, you know, that have keys that unlock certain things within us. And, mm. you know, you come across these guides basically and they're necessary to, to kind of push you or propel you forward. And you're definitely one of those people. And I can't wait to see what that looks like moving forward for you because people are paying attention. I appreciate you saying that. Seriously, thank you. And thank you for what you do for the community. So those black men will be coming your way for all the readings because we said so. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. <laughs> um, make sure you tune in every Thursday. Um, where I record at GOT Sound Studio. Shout out to Neek. Make sure you meditate and hydrate, and I will catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Who You Call in Holistic. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. You can find me and all my services on Shiana.com. That's S-H-E-A-N-A-H. 